Amen. Do you really believe it this morning? I know you do, and I'm, I'm praising the Lord that we can come together and claim that as we worship Him today. Amen. That He not only conquered death, rose again, but He's coming back. And we praise Him for it. I believe if James would have been able to sing the song we just sang, there's a verse in that song I believe would stick out to him as he penned the book of James. Here it is. Let our faith be more than anthems. Did you catch that? Let our faith be more than about the song we sing. Remember that as we open the word. Father, thank you today for loving us. Thank you for your word, for your mercy, and your grace. My prayer is in the next few moments that we have that the Holy Spirit would speak in a clear way. Help us to hear, Lord Jesus, in your name we pray, amen. I need to go ahead, you can go ahead and be seated. I need to go ahead and dismiss the kids that would like to worship in Children's Church to meet Miss Renee in the back of the church there. And uh, you, uh, you're going to hear some good preaching over there this morning, amen. We also think it's a big deal to be in church. Give these kids a hand, all right? Amen. Take your Bible and join me in James chapter 3. James chapter, I'm sorry, James chapter 2. James chapter 2. Next week we will begin 3. This morning we continue a series for our guests that might be with us or for those that are watching for the first time entitled Living by Faith as Faith Lives Through You or inside-out Christianity. It's a picture of God working in your life and through your life for His glory in the world in which He has placed us, in the world in which He has called us, in the place that He's called us to serve, in the life that He's given us, in the family that He's put us for His glory. I must say this morning, uh, how many of you went to bed last night thinking, I don't know what to expect when we wake up? I, that's the way I was. And uh, I thought, before I come down to the church, I'm going to go ahead and shovel my driveway only to thank the Lord that it was raining because that snow was so heavy, as many of you already figured out, it wasn't going, it wasn't going too far. So uh, we've escaped a bullet. Uh, my son-in-law, Kyle, texted me this morning and said Eaton was, was about like we were, and he was on his way to New Madison to worship. I'm not sure New Madison is like we are this morning. So we've, we've kind of dodged a little bit, and, uh, but we're glad you're here. Um, and that's the reason that I decided not to have the 830 this morning. I just didn't know what we were going to look at early. So uh, we're glad you're here, okay? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for James. And this is a hard hitter. Uh, the book of James is no, you can't get comfortable in the book of James because if he didn't deal with my life last week, he certainly will this week or next week. So help us today. Be reminded that there's an inside-out Christianity that, that you want to live through us. That it's not just about coming to church and getting it all and, and talking with people tomorrow about how we got it all today, but really it's you living through us. 
And God, if there's going to be revival in the land, it has to begin right here in the church, right in, in my life, in, in our lives. So help, help our faith be more than songs we sing on Sunday or, or verses that we read and know and memorize. Lord, live through us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Speak to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. James chapter 2. Faith that works. James is in this teaching mode of instructing the Jewish believers that the Christian life does bear fruit. The Christian life does somehow make its way out of you as you live for the Lord. And we pick up a very familiar passage beginning with verse 14, chapter 2, as he writes this. What does it profit, my brethren? If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? Okay, this passage of James, many have grabbed it and said, this is in contradiction to what Paul writes about salvation in Romans. Now, mark your Bible here, okay? Just leave it marked. And let's go back to the book of Romans. I'll, uh, we'll look at chapter 3, okay? Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, and uh, as we look at verse 28. Let's, let's, let's just jump down to 28 and look at that verse. Paul says, therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. So Paul is reminding us that salvation is a gift of God. Anybody want to say amen? It's a gift of God. It's what God gives. The Holy Spirit convicts. God comes in and saves. He's the one who orchestrates it. He's the one who keeps us saved. He's the one that will take us to heaven one day as believers. We're justified by faith in what Jesus did. His death, burial, and resurrection. We're saved, we're continually saved by His power. And it's His grace and His grace alone. Well, I want you to understand that. Don't you misrepresent your pastor in this study of James by thinking, Brother Greg sure is preaching a lot on works. Well, if the Bible didn't say it, I wouldn't be preaching it. But James is reminding us that the Christian life, listen, means something. James is reminding us that the Christian life shows something as it works its way inside out. I'm going to make a statement to you all. Some of you will take me on and want to argue with me, but I'm just going to lay it out there. You ready? I'm as Baptist as anybody in this room. And sometimes... That's not always a good thing. We have to come to a point where we recognize the whole Word of God, not just certain parts of it. Amen? The good news is, I'm grateful that I'm saved by the grace of God because there's absolutely nothing I have to offer or to add to it that can help me be saved. I'm glad it's Him. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, He took, listen, He took the pressure off of all of us. What do you mean pressure? 
the pressure that you would ever have to prove yourself worthy enough to get to heaven. He died for it, Mark. He paid for it so that there's no mistake in heaven. The only reason we're there is because of him, because of Jesus. Amen? Because of Jesus. We live in a world that doesn't want to hear that Jesus is the only way to heaven. You know why they don't want to hear it? By the way, sometimes we, we communicate it as believers. It's not that you would boast that Jesus is the only way. It's that you would plead with people that Jesus is the only way because you met him and you recognized he changed your life. You see, the Christian life isn't something that you walk around and you're proud of what you've done. The Christian life is where you live life and you want others to hear the story and to know the God and the Savior that you do and has changed your life radically. That's the good news of the gospel. So let's make our way back to James. James chapter 2. Remember, what does it profit? Verse 14, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Does also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead? But someone will say, you show, you have faith uh, and I have works, you show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe there is one God, oh, we love this verse, you do well. Even the devils believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? By the works, faith was made perfect or complete. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by his works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and she sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Now it may appear if you were just to skim over this portion of the Bible you would say he's promoting a doctrine that is different from Paul. But I beg to differ with you this morning. The more we study it, the more we realize that Paul's writing about salvation and James is talking about demonstration. And what Jesus does in your heart is something that he wants you to live out in your faith in your daily life. The way you act, the way you treat people, what comes out of your mouth, the, the, the things that are part of your everyday life working itself out where people say, hey, that's something that a Christian would do. I bet you're a Christian. I believe one of the greatest compliments to your life is somebody saying something like that. I bet you're a Christian. And they don't know it. 
And on the other hand, I believe one of the uh, hardest things that, a, that I would ever want to hear is someone say this, I thought you were a Christian. I thought you were a Christian. So as we think about the differences of our faith working itself out, here's, here's what I want you to jot down as we consider it this morning. Paul instructs in his letter of how a sinner becomes a saint. Do you realize when you give your life to Christ, you become a saint? James, on how that believer, that saint, glorifies God in this life here on earth. So when you're saved, God doesn't call you to sit. You know, I've never been on a ball team, Dave, where I didn't want to play and not sit. I mean, if I was on a baseball team, I hope I'd see my name in the lineup. If I was on a basketball team, I wanted to start. Uh, I had to learn a hard lesson at Sinclair when I realized I wasn't going to start and I was going to sit. And I learned some life lessons that you've got to be ready even when you're sitting. Even if you're not going to get in the game, be ready when your number's called. Uh, I laugh sometimes about these ball teams, uh, like Ohio State, for instance, Murph, uh, when somebody gets hurt. Every one of those ball players in them schools like that are great athletes. They want in the game. They want to play. And when you give your life to Christ, listen, he's calling you into the game, not just to sit on the pew, the bench, the spiritual bench, every day, every week, come to church and hear the word of God, and then go out and be unchanged. He wants you to step into the game that he has for us. He wants you to glorify him with your life with your life now what kind of faith is James talking about that is dead make sure we understand that verse 14 if someone says he has faith but does not have works can faith save him it's just like the song we just sang. If, if someone, if, if it's just about singing in the choir but not living the life, if it's, if it's just getting in your car and turning on Christian music, does that save you? And James is telling us that there's something that follows real salvation. Now, there are all kinds of professions, right? Uh, there are all kinds of beliefs, for instance. How many of you believed that George Washington existed? I do. Unless the history books are lying to us, right? But I never met George Washington. Some people believe in the Lord Jesus Christ like they do George Washington. It's, it's intellectual. That's not saving faith. Some people believe in Jesus as a temporal faith genie that when he comes through, I'm trusting him, but when he doesn't, he's not real. Now, I want, I want, I want you to understand something. God is God whether you and I believe in him or not. And God loves you, listen, whether you love him or not because the nature of God doesn't change. And sadly... People that are sick want to be healed, but sadly many people have never come to the one who can cure spiritual sickness and the disease of sin. 
Paul in his letter back in Romans talks about a lost person coming to Christ justified and saved by the righteousness of Christ James on the other hand is talking to you and me this morning that are believers and saying when you come to Christ live for Christ I believe that's the challenge this morning and what the devil does is he lies and the devil says to you and I as Christians oh you're just fine you're just fine you're, you're doing what you need to do uh, you're going to church you've got your Bible uh, you might have everybody fooled but there's more to Christian life than just going through the motions I hope you're here this morning M maybe you're a child or a teenager and your, your parents made you get up and get ready you thank the Lord for a parent that loves you like that but I hope most of you are here today because you want to be we tried to get the message out the best we can to my knowledge don't raise your hand and say I was but to my knowledge I don't think anybody came at 830 and and said oh, what if you did not get the one call from us there's a reason um, we must not have the list correct and you would like to give us your information this morning drop it in the offering plate we'll try to update that we'll do the best we can won't we Judy to get you uh, to, from not missing those messages anytime folks you have a question of whether or not the weather's going to cause an issue. For those of you that have computers, just go to the website. It'll be right there. That's the easiest and because we can do that from home. Okay? We'll try to get to the church and get it on the machine, but that, that's kind of what we'll do. Okay? That's kind of what we'll do. So Paul's saying, there, I'm, talking, I'm talking about a different person than James is writing to. I'm sharing the message with you who do not know Jesus yet and here's how you're saved and James is saying I'm talking to you who are saved I want you to think about back to when you gave your life to Christ some were kids some were adults teenagers where you were the circumstances surrounding it James is saying I want you to be reminded God didn't call you to be saved and sit he calls you to serve and the devil's lie is just come and sit come and be fed okay come and be fed and don't let it affect you at all do nothing as a Christian for some of us we would call this hibernation hibernation and uh, I did a little study of bears hibernating and it was fascinating to find out contrary to my belief that bears actually can be awakened during hibernation sometimes they can even get out of their den and take a look and realize it's too early and they go back to sleep Christians James is calling us out of spiritual hibernation he's calling us to awaken not not hide ourselves in a cave and say oh my goodness 2021 with all the changes in 2020 what a nightmare what are we gonna do James isn't saying that he's saying live for the Lord live for the Lord I'm I'm making a commitment to you as a church that if you want to talk to me about a glass that's half empty I'm turning it around on you I'm going half full are you with me if you want to say brother Greg you've gained weight and your hair is turning whiter and you look like a papaw I'll say there was a time when I was young 
If you say, Brother Greg, uh, what's happened to the crowd? I'll say the same thing that's happened to nearly every church. Last week we had about 170 total with Children's Church. That's over half of what we normally run, but most churches are running less than half. That's reality. So what are we going to do, wring our hands? No, we're going to keep proclaiming the Word of God that He's an inside-out God that wants to work and show a community that He still saves. That He still saves. Paul says, here's how you're saved. James is writing, now that you're saved, here's how you live. Here's how you live. A faith that does not work, James is saying, may not be faith at all may not be saving faith look at verse uh, 17 does also faith by itself if it does not have works it's dead look at verse 20 but do you want to know O foolish man that faith without works is dead and then if you back up to verse 19 we use this in sharing the gospel sometimes uh, if you believe there is one God you do well even the demons believe and tremble Folks, I don't believe James is saying that the faith of the devil is saving faith. I believe the devil knows who God is. His problem was he wanted to be God too. The demons know who God is. That's not saving faith. That's a picture of the lie of the devil. A hibernating Christian stays where they're at, doesn't get moving, has nothing to share, but it's all about what's in it for themselves. The verse 19 kind of faith that the devils have is superficial intellectual it's not inside out it's outside the gospel's never penetrated the heart now if you're here today and you're a Christian here's what you're saying there has come a time in my life where the gospel has penetrated my heart there's come a time where I have been under conviction and the Holy Spirit uh, revealed to me that I needed a Savior and and I surrendered my life you see, our justification means we're in a right relationship. We're justified by what Jesus did on the cross. And that leads us to something as a believer. And it's where we get the word sanctification. Sanctification is, is Christ living outside of you as you grow in your faith. Uh, in your outline, number two, sanctification in the life of a believer is a picture of true faith that expresses itself. It expresses itself. Our family uh, makes, they like to have a good time with this. Every time we get together, one of the first things I do is say, get everybody together, let's get a picture. Let's get a picture. And, and it's become funny to my son Drew. Oh, here we go, Dad. Here we go with the pictures. But I've realized as we get older that sometimes you, you just don't capture the moment. And as a photographer, I've realized that in a lot of those pictures, I'm not in. I bet they'll show those pictures the one day and say, what happened to your dad? Renee, what happened to your husband? He's taking a picture. Well, the other night we were together for Renee's birthday, and they said, 
hey, let's put it on the timer. You know what I'm talking about. So we had to find a place where we could set it, and we set it up and clicked the 10 second and, and, and ran around, you know, and got in a picture and, and tried to capture the moment. You know, there sure was something satisfying about being in the picture and not being the one on the outside looking in. And folks, James is writing to the one who's in the picture. He's writing to the one that's saying, listen, I know your life was radically changed, but sanctification to be set apart as you gradually grow in your faith, that listen, it's a lifelong journey, the growth that you have as a believer. You never arrive, you never get to the point where you say, I'm ready to graduate Christianity. The day that happens is when we're in the presence of the Lord forever and ever and ever and we have this new body that we don't have to wrestle in heaven because everything in heaven will be holy and wonderful and without sin forever and ever and ever James is reminding us that everything which claims faith is not genuine because the faith of the demons of hell certainly isn't a genuine saving faith Mark your Bible here, and let's go to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 7, you're familiar with it. Are you with me this morning? Are you? Okay. Matthew chapter 7. And I'm going to read just a review of, I believe, some of the saddest words in Scripture. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 21, Jesus in this closing out this Sermon on the Mount says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied your name and cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. James is reminding us that everybody and everything that claims to have faith, it is not saving faith. In John chapter 15, Jesus talks about the true vine, and he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Jesus says the Christian life is to work itself out. The Christian life is faith that works. Now back in James, he uses a practical story let's start around 15 that we can all understand as believers he talks about 
the faith of demons. And then he begins to tell a story about Abraham. We've mentioned this story in past weeks. That Abraham's faith was counted unto righteousness. But be reminded that God called him to lay his faith on the line. He literally asked him to take his son Isaac, the promised son, to Mount Moriah and offer him up as a sacrifice. Abraham did what God required and God stopped him before he killed his son. And he provided a ram in a thicket, a picture of the substitutionary death of the Lord Jesus Christ. But then James talks about a little lesser known story. Verse 24. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only, referring to Abraham. And then he says, likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. James, I think we might have some music playing. Oh, is that you? That's okay. All right. Listen, in this passage, James isn't criticizing the good things. He's not criticizing the spiritual aspect. He's simply saying, be very careful. Live what you're talking about. So the story that he gives us leading up to the faith of Abraham and the faith of Rahab the harlot is a very simple picture. Verse 15 talks about a brother or sister naked and destitute of daily bread, daily food. And one of you says to them, you recognize it, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed. What, what's the profit? Now he's getting ready to talk about the faith of the great faith of Abraham and the faith of this harlot named Rahab. And he says, hold on, hold on. I need you to understand something. If you claim to be a Christian, it should affect you. It should affect your feet where you go. It should affect your hands, what you do. It should affect your tongue, as we'll talk about next week, what you say. But I love the way Tony Evans describes this. You ready? Tony Evans is saying, number three, if a brother is hungry, he doesn't need a sermon. He needs a sandwich. He needs a practical need met. Faith is faith that works itself out. You say, Brother Greg, how's that? how does that work in the life of the church? It works itself out through something called benevolence in the life of the church. Many needs in the church, I get counsel from others. Some needs in the church, we buy a sandwich if somebody's hungry. Those kind of things. How do we do that as a church? Myrna holds out 1% of our general offering that feeds the benevolence fund. When we come once a month to the bread Sunday offering, where we ask you if you'd like to give $1, that goes to the food pantry needs of the church, which also now includes things like toiletries and hygiene items because we're, we're figuring if a person doesn't have money for food, they probably don't have money for some other uh, things that they need. What, what, what's he talking about? He's talking about 
meeting practical needs tangibly. Not just patting somebody on the back and saying, I, I hope you find a coat. He's saying, I've got five at home. I can go get you one of mine. Meet a need. That's exactly what James is talking about, how our faith works itself out. Now, Abraham's faith was reckoned to him righteousness. The Bible says in Genesis 15, 6, and he believed the Lord and it counted unto him for righteousness. Righteousness is right standing with God. Nobody has that here today apart from what Jesus did on Calvary. Romans 4 tells us you have to have faith to be saved. It's a saving faith. And James kind of replays the whole thing and he says, Abraham demonstrated his saving faith by his action. And I do believe, you've heard it said most of our lives, right? Actions speak louder than words. And I believe sometimes that people will not listen to you because they're watching your actions. Number four, review. Paul writes of salvation. James addresses demonstration. He says we're not saved by faith plus works. We are saved by a faith that works. And he uses Abraham. But I love the fact that he throws in Rahab. Joshua's now leading Israel. He sends two spies before they cross over and, and especially wants to take a look at Jericho. And they come to the house of a harlot named Rahab. Word gets out to Jericho's king that spies from Israel have come to search out their land. They send men to Rahab's. Somebody on the inside has given them up. And the Bible says that Rahab hides these spies in the thatch of the roof. They go to Rahab's house in Joshua chapter 2. The Bible says she's asked the question and her response is, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. It's interesting that Rahab didn't say they're not no longer here I didn't know where they were from she took the two men and hid them and it happened as the gate was being shut when it was dark the men went out where the men went I do not know pursue them quickly for you may overtake them the Bible says before they laid down that night she said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, the land that you're here to look at, the land of milk and honey. The first conquest that would have to take place crossing the Jordan River in the Promised Land. I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we've heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when he came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan. They were utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven, above, and on earth beneath. This is the faith that 
James is writing about of this harlot named Rahab. It's a remarkable story. Joshua chapter 2, she says, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness to my father's house and, and, and give me proof of that. And the men said, our lives for yours. If none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Joshua 2.18 Unless when we come into the land you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you bring your father and your mother and your brothers and all your father's household into your own home. Israel preparing to take Jericho the Bible says in Joshua chapter 6. But Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the country, Go to the harlot's house, and from there bring out the woman and all that she has, as you swore to her. How in the world would Joshua know what had happened? Because the spies reported the truth. They saw her faith work. And the young men who had been spies went in, brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, all that she had. So they brought out all of her relatives and left them outside the camp of Israel. Rahab exhibited inside-out faith. She believed and acted on her faith. Number five, and we're done. When you're passionate about something, it will move you to act on it. Do you believe that? When you're passionate about something, it will cause you, it will move you to act on it. Now, think about dating your girlfriend, your wife, your, your wife. Uh, you know, that old 1965 Falcon I had, it had a bench seat. Oh, I loved it when Renee sat close to me. As a matter of fact, Dave, you know, it wasn't power steering, but who cared? As long as I could get one hand on the wheel and one arm around Renee. I mean, folks, I, I was country when country wasn't cool. But I can remember those early days of dating. It did not take me long to become passionate, not only for who she was, but of our relationship together. Do you remember? You remember how you used to act as a new believer? Couldn't wait to get to church? Somebody have a revival, you couldn't wait to get there. You're going to do whatever you could to open the Word of God or to pray and, and just be reminded of the things of God. And, and there was a day in church life when the preacher would preach, the altars would be full, people would come, hearts would be soft, tears would flow. Listen to me. The devils believe and tremble that's not saving faith that's not saving faith there'll be some folks in eternity stand before a holy God and give him a Matthew chapter 7 answer that I was a member of a church I was a leader look at all I did down there in that little place called Camden I 
never knew you. Hey, folks, let's make sure we're safe. And as a believer, let's live it out for the glory of God wherever he takes us today. Wherever we live, whatever community we're in, whatever neighborhood we're around, let's live it out because God's looking for a few good men and a few good women to tell his story who will live an inside-out faith, who will live by faith as faith lives through you. That's what Jesus is looking for, and James is saying, be reminded, be reminded, faith without works is dead. What kind of faith? The faith that doesn't have any proof behind it. Well, Brother Greg, I walked down an aisle and prayed a prayer. I've heard this said about Baptist churches, about us. Oh, yeah, you're the walk down the aisle, shake the preacher's hand, and get saved. Nobody's ever been saved by shaking the preacher's hand. You're only saved by a relationship with Christ that comes through faith. And faith is just total surrender. I give up. I give up. Some of you just need to give up. Quit doing if you're not sure that you are. You might do more damage, you might be, do more damage in life as a lost Christian trying to do good works than, than somebody who doesn't even know Jesus. And the good news is, he's counting on you and he's counting on me to do our part for his glory because he's coming again. Now, do not hear me wrong. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. But Ephesians 2, 10 says, we are created his workmanship for the works that he's given us, that he has for us, for his glory. And here we are in 2021. Here we are in 2021. May God use us for that purpose. I want you to stand, every head bowed, every eye closed. When you're passionate about something, it will move you.